With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Hello, everybody. It is Thursday in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. My name is Adam Bittner, Assistant Sports Editor for Multimedia at the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette. Back for our weekly Zeiss is Right video with Paul Zeiss, Post-Gazette sports columnist. I'm going to talk about some Najee Harris uh, Steelers running game here in a little bit. But, Paul, how are you? I'm doing good. How are you doing tonight? It's it's finally getting really cold, uh, Paul. It's not just like, you know, the, the nice crisp fall cold. It's it's cold, cold. So it's I'm adjusting. Yeah, uh, that's for sure. I mean, today, yesterday, the last few days have been t- pretty cold. Um, you know, a little respite. Thursday and into Friday, but boy, I tell you what, then it's supposed to start getting uh, uh, what I would call, although the Steeler game on Sunday, the weather is actually supposed to be decent, but at that point, it's supposed to become very brisk, so to speak. It's getting to be that time of year, Paul. We're moving into December, which means um, you should probably talk to our primary sponsor for this episode of the podcast, Pella Windows and Doors of Pittsburgh. There's no better place to get new windows and doors installed in your home. Uh, then Pella, who can help you save on energy costs year-round, schedule a free in-home consultation with your local Pella Windows doors to find the right product for your home and budget. Give them a call at 866-593-1560 to discuss your project further. That's 866-593-1560 to get started planning on your new windows and doors installation with Pella Windows and Doors of Pittsburgh. Um, contact them, help try to figure out how to keep the warm air in your house and keep it from escaping uh, through those drafty windows. Paul, I want to get into uh, some Najee Harris talk because I, I think – you know, we've always talked about him in terms of, of Jalen Warren the last couple of years. Who should get more carries? What should the balance be? Um, is he as good as Jalen Warren? I think at their best, Jalen Warren has definitely proven to be the better runner this year. I think a little bit last season. But Najee Harris has still had some very solid games here as the, as the Steelers have kind of figured things out in the running game, but able to open holes for him. Our Christopher Carter was on Twitter um, you know, analyzing the whole Steelers running game with some clips. I encourage you to go find that um, that thread if you haven't already. Uh, and, and he compliments Najee Harris for, for his improved vision and, and starting to run like the guy that we saw them draft out of Alabama. Um, is it possible, and I'm going to ask this in terms of Derrick Henry because they're both um, Alabama, you know, rugged running backs, big guys. Um, Derrick Henry did not immediately burst onto the scenes. He didn't have his first 1,000-yard season until he was in year three, um, didn't really break out until year four. Are you starting to see signs from Najee Harris that maybe he could be, maybe not doesn't have quite the upside of Derrick Henry, but that he's starting to round into the player that the Steelers hoped, they'd be, hoped he'd be when they invested a first-round draft pick in him? Um, well, I mean, I think there's a, a little bit of recency bias because he's coming off maybe his best game of his career, and, and he was really, really good in that game. If he does that every week, 
obviously, yes. Um, I would say that I need to see it probably a lot more from what I've seen because going into the game, he was averaging 3.8 yards per carry. So, yes, he, he averaged 6.9 or whatever it was in this game, and he ran wild, and he's got, you know, some 20-yard runs that uh, are, 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 you know, obviously game changers in many ways. But, but Adam, and I get so tired, so tired of people with this whole idea of you're a hater and this, that, and everything, when I point out the fact that the Bengals' defense is terrible. They were terrible against the run. They're terrible against the pass. They give up a lot of points. They give up a lot of yards. So I get it. We are all so starved for some positive progress with the offense that that that, that Sunday seemed like they went back to the you know the days of the killer bees you know when when Ben Roethlisberger and 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 Antonio Brown and company. But I just need to see more. I just need to see more, and I need to see more consistency because the bottom line is the week before that people were talking about Jalen Warren is better than now Najee Harris. And so, you know, he might be that guy that we're talking about. He might be the guy that they that they drafted. Um, I don't know if we'll get to see it because I'd be shocked if they're going to, you know, exercise a fifth-year option or whatever they have to do with him. Um, I think this is the year they have to make that decision, right? Correct. Yeah, that's yeah. kind of why I'm asking this, this right. question. So now. my point is I'd be surprised if they do that. They might decline it and then try and sign him for a lesser amount of money, right? But – I'd be shocked if they're going to pay him, you know, what is it? I forget what the, what, what they would have to pay him, but it's a significant amount for a running back. And I think what they're proving with Jalen Warren is, you know, if you've got a good running, a decent running back and a good offensive line and good, good, good philosophy, you can have success in the run game. Um, so, yeah, I mean, listen, I think Najee Harris, I've always liked him. I've always thought he was probably not as good maybe as, as a first rounder would merit him being, but I think he's a good running back from the standpoint of he can be that guy that is, is uh, uh, reliable. He hardly ever, if I, I'm, I'm, I might, I don't want to use the word never because I'm sure it's happened once or twice, but he almost never fumbles, right? He's a guy that is reliable. He's, he's able to break off 15 to 20 yard runs. Uh, he's a big, strong guy. And, and when he's running angry and running hard, he's tough to, to bring down. There are lots of reasons to believe that he still has a lot of good football in him. I just don't know if it's going to take place here. Well, I, I think you led into the question I want to ask next, Paul, which is that you know a lot of people have, have been begging for Naj or uh, for Jalen Warren to get the majority of the carries for for Najee Harris. To I don't know if benched is the right word, but definitely take a, a clear second fiddle to Jalen Warren in this backfield. But there's been other people who've argued, and I think Mike Tomlin's on the list. I know our Christopher Carter on the North Shore Drive is on that list of saying. These guys keep each other fresh. They give you a, a, a solid option in the backfield every single down, uh, that they've been working well off of each other, and that's part of why the Steelers' running game has kind of found its footing here. Just given that, that there's so, so so much aversion to in, of investing you know, draft capital in running backs, I mean, that was the big criticism of Najee Harris being picked in the first place is that you shouldn't be investing that kind of capital in a running back in this day and age. Um, and given that it can be hard to acquire solid backs, um, do you think maybe exercising the fifth year option just to keep these guys intact for a couple more years? Definitely don't give Najee Harris a second contract. I think that's where the, the league is trending. Maybe don't even use the franchise tag on him. Don't put a whole lot more thought into it than that. But if, if you said you can have these two anchoring your backfield for the next two years and for the rest of this year, isn't that a, a pretty nice duo? And then I'll, I'll throw in there as well. 
that you know what if, what if what if you let Najee Harris get hurt and Jalen or you let Najee Harris go and Jalen Warren gets hurt, all of a sudden you're hurting again. And and that's why I I think I'm leaning more toward man, just just give him another year, see if you can get the, some of those best years out of him rather than letting him go. Well, but but I, I think that there's a way that they could go about doing that, decline the option and then sign them to a deal that's, you know what I mean, that's more team-friendly. That's the other part. Maybe give them, say, listen, we'll give you two years. I mean, I wouldn't be, a, 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 you know, I wouldn't be opposed to that if they said, listen, we're going to give you two years. So your fifth year and sixth year, we're going to sign you up. And um, if you look at the running back market, we're going to give you a good deal. Uh, we just don't feel like we can pay you that much money for one year. And so you bring him for two years. You've got Jalen Warren, who I, I'm assuming they're going to have to pay him soon, right? He's an undrafted free agent. Um, I, th- I think they're going to have to pay him pretty soon, right? I think next year will be the year where his – his what was his original deal? Do, you, do we know what that is? Did you not know the terms of his original deal? So I'm just saying, you've got to think about that too. Because I'm assuming Jalen Warren has probably put himself in a position where teams are probably going to be willing to come after him. So you're not just going to get him for the, the league minimum. And so, you know, if you're if you're going to sign both of them, you have to make sure it makes sense financially. That's the biggest thing. Does it make sense financially? Yeah, I can certainly see that argument, Paul. Um, I, I just like like I said, I, I think you don't you also don't want to risk losing a guy right when he's starting to hit his prime after you've already put in you know, put in the hard work with him. I think you could kind of make a similar argument with, with James Conner that, that they gave up on him a little soon. And now he's granted, he's, he's not getting a ton of every down work in, in Arizona because they have to pass so much because they stink. But when he's out there, he's been, he's been doing solid work. He's still 28. Um, not all the tread is off those tires. And I just worry, you know, after the Steelers already made the decision to use that first round pick on Najee Harris, do you waste that draft capital by letting him go and start from scratch again? Or, or just with Jalen Warren and possibly losing to injury, um, you know, those would be my sources of concerns. Um, Paul, elsewhere in Steelers' world this week, uh, Deontay Johnson's been catching a lot of flack. Um, I think because all the news was mostly so good this week, right, with the, with the Steelers racking up 400 yards on offense with the defense dominating. Um, yeah. Some people needed some things to talk about, and, and maybe Deontay Johnson's taken, I think, a little more heat than, than he deserved. I think he definitely deserved some. Where do you land on on you know how he handled himself on Sunday in Cincinnati with the fumble, the running backwards? We talked a little bit about it in the post game um, and how thing, how the team has responded since. I'm Alex Rodriguez, and I'm Jason Kelly from Bloomberg. This is the deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. He made some big plays for them. There's no question about it. 
he's one of their best players, but that was a horrific look for him. And I think one of the things is because he's a guy who's been popping off and yelling at coaches and apparently got into it with Mika Fitzpatrick and apparently, you know, has had some other episodes on the sidelines and has, you know, publicly said things that have kind of uh, rubbed fans the wrong way. You know what? When you stick your head up like that, you're probably going to get it chopped off. That's just how it is. You can't not try and get a fumble. I mean, Cam Newton, I, I, I remember Cam Newton in the Super Bowl, right, <laughs> who made a quote-unquote business decision. People still bring that up. Um, and I think one of the reasons is in Deontay Johnson's case is because he, he does talk so much. And he does, you know, seem to be involved in these controversies. I, I think at the end of the day, the only thing that really matters is what does his coaches and what do his teammates think? Um, for me, I don't like it. I didn't like it uh, during the game. I, I think, you know, I might buy some of the idea that, well, he wasn't really engaged fully in the play. But as far as I'm concerned, there wasn't a whistle that was, was blown. And there was a lot of activity around him. For him to be completely that checked out, I just don't know that I buy it. I just don't. I, I mean, I, I, and, I, and, I, and I know he issued a mea culpa. I apparently talked to his team. He talked to his coaches. He said I was wrong. Okay, no harm, no foul. But that's the kind of thing that you can't, you can't do that. You can't be the guy. You know what I mean? Like, for instance, if that happened with T.J. Watt, I think a lot of people would be willing to give him, or Cam Hayward, they'd be willing to give them the benefit of the doubt. Well, maybe they didn't really see the play or they weren't what you know what I mean? Because those two guys just play every week. They just go and they make plays and they and they do what they have to do. But a guy like Deontay Johnson, who always seems to be in the middle of some of these weird things like this, it's going to be hard for people to give him the benefit of the doubt. What do you think the punishment, if any, should be, Paul? I mean, there's I've seen people in Jerry Dulac's chat today saying, sit him down for six games. I, I don't think there's any way you can do that if you're the Steelers. You need him to get where you want to go. Um, but but I agree that there probably should be some consequence. How do you view that? Um, he's Deontay Johnson. You're in the midst of a playoff race, right? You're not going to cut off your nose to spite your face. It's easy to bench Chooks Akora for because you got Broderick Jones and you wanted to get him in the lineup anyway, right? It's easy to bench him because you're saying to yourself, we're going to get better in this situation. If you take Deontay Johnson off the field, especially now I saw Calvin Austin, I think is hurt too. So you take him off the field. You basically have all the progress you made in one week on offense. You're taking it away. So does there have to be consequences? Probably, but they're the kind of consequences that coaches say, it's internal, right? It's internal. Have them stay around after practice and catch some extra balls out of the jug, jug machine or whatever. You know what I mean? Run a few extra wind sprints. Do whatever. I, I mean, I'll even go one first step further. He doesn't start the game, right? You start off with Allen Robinson and George Pickens in the in, you know as your starting receivers so that he doesn't get his name announced and he doesn't start the game, quote-unquote. But you very quickly go right to the personnel packages you want. You know, the first play, you basically put those two guys out there and, uh, you know, run you know, run off tackle like you like to, um, and then, you know, go from there as you would proceed as you would normally from that point. 
something like that is all it really you need to see. And 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 quite frankly, why why you might see that where he's benched like that is because Adam then uh there's no questions about well accountability you know they didn't do anything to him for that okay well we did we we didn't start him you know what i'm saying yeah yeah i think i'm definitely on the more minor side um because you're in such a tight spot this is not even like when the steelers were in those killer bears and they were cruising to the playoffs and you felt pretty good i mean i think they need all the help they can get to get as far as they can go this season and um you don't want to limit your chances too much by taking one of your best players off the field um paul last question i got for you on the steelers um there's some analytics uh out there saying the steelers are about 70 percent likely to make the playoffs i feel like we've just become attuned to this team being like in that nine and eight hunt and that that's what they're going to be and, and talking about these games in terms of just making the playoffs but is it is it time to change that conversation i know chris carter was talking on wednesday's north shore drive about hey they still have a path to the division title um, I don't know if I see that. I, I think the Ravens are still the better team here, but um, they should still be fighting. I think what we said for the fifth seed, I think we said that on Sunday, um, and and putting themselves in the most favorable matchup possible. Is that how you're starting to, to look at the Steelers and that simply backing into the playoffs with that seventh seed at this point would be a, a disappointment? Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. They're seven and four, right? Let's say to get to the uh, fifth seed, it's probably going to take 11 wins, right? 11 and six probably is going to get you there. They're seven and four, which means four more wins. They play Kyler Murray tonight, uh, Sunday. Then next Thursday, a week from to- a week from today, they play either Bailey Zabappi or whatever the hell his name is, and and or 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 Mac Jones, right? Then they've got the Colts. With, probably without Jonathan Taylor. Then they've got another game against uh, Browning Nagel, Jake, or whatever his name is. Jake Browning Nagel, or whatever his name is, right? I mean, Geno Smith apparently has arm issues right now. That's the, that's the next guy they play. I mean, we're talking, what are we talking about here? This is a team that should win four or five, you know, maybe even six. I'm, I'm not going to go six because that means, you know, everything going well, and we've seen that there's going to be a, a few bounces of the ball that go against them. But in three of the games are on the road, you know, what, what do they have? So they have six games left. Uh-huh. I mean, they, if they're not four and two in these next six games, there's a problem in my mind, in my mind, you know, if you want to tell me they lose at the Colts or at Seattle and at Baltimore. Okay. I'll live with that. But I, I look at it and just say, if they, if they go three and three, to me, it's almost a disaster. Because it will mean that they will have lost to somebody who probably shouldn't lose to. But if they lose one of these next two games, then they deserve to be roasted. Like, if if ever, you know, like last week when they scored 16 points against the Bengals, but they had 400 yards, everyone was crazy about it. If they only score 16 points this week, I don't care if they have 1,500 yards, okay? It's a disaster. This is a this is a game where all of the Matt Canada was the biggest problem they had. They should all have a party on Sunday night because I think the Steelers should score thirty plus points against the Cardinals, if not more. Because I I, I just I mean I, that, the, one team is tanking and losing and trying to you know die on the vine. They just got blown out of the building by whoever they played this week. The other team is actually fighting for a playoff berth. So 
Adam, I hate to be overly optimistic and boy, that, that, that probably has a lot of people wondering, wait, wait, is this ice? But I'm telling you, it's absolutely a disaster if they don't get to the playoffs this year. And if they don't have a, a, a even, you know, a, a, a situation of where they even have a, you know, the first game at home. Yeah. Yeah. And I think to do that, don't you have to win the division to have the first game at home at this point, but. Um, no, uh, because they have, um, don't they have, I guess, right. No. Yeah. Because the four five game. Oh yeah. Wait, no. Cause it's two, seven, three, six, four, five. Okay. I thought, but that's right. That's right. Cause there's a, a, a buy. So you're not going to get a home game doing that, but still you should get the, you should get the, uh, the worst of the, uh, uh, of the uh, division winners. And quite frankly, if you tell me they have to go to Jacksonville or to Miami and even to Baltimore, I mean, they can win those games. So to me, I I, I don't think, you know, if, if we're talking, if we're sitting here in this video, doing this video, right? And they were the seventh seed and lost in the first round. That to me is a bad season. I don't care what anybody says. Looking at where they're at right now, what the, what's going on in the league right now, the state of the teams in the AFC right now, what's it left on their schedule right now? I mean, they've got to be able to make a run here and, and really, really do some good things. Yeah, I think you've got to put yourself in a position to at least, you know, and I will I will say if they if they play well in a playoff game and lose, I think you can stomach it, but you want to put yourself in a position where you can win, not against like a Kansas City, a team you can't, I think we both agree, can't probably can't beat. Um, but but you put yourself in a winnable situation and you acquit yourself well in that playoff game because that's something they also have not done. We talk about just the record in the playoffs that hasn't been great lately. They have embarrassed themselves in the playoffs recently, and I think just just getting there and and, and having a good outing is is very important for this team. Paul, we're going to get into a potpourri of uh, some Pitt, Penn State, and Pirates questions here in a second. Just want to thank a couple more of our sponsors, Goldberg, Persky, and White. If you were diagnosed with mesothelioma or lung cancer, call your local attorneys at Goldberg, Persky, and White. For over 40 years, their firm has represented thousands of lung cancer and mesothelioma victims. Call 1-800-COMPLEX or visit gpwlot.com for a free consultation. Also want to thank Propel Schools. Propel's 13 public charter schools in Allegheny County build a solid academic foundation for, for lifelong learning and offer more personalized at instruction at every level during your child's kindergarten through 12th grade education journey. Give your children the quality education they deserve. Learn more and apply to Propel Schools by visiting propelschools.org. Um, Paul, I'm going to throw something out here that our own Ron Cook wrote about in the Post-Gazette um, on Wednesday, basically arguing that um, it's going to be hard for Pitt to, to hire a coordinator based on the, the comments that Pat Narduzzi has made about guys on the way out. Uh, Matt Canada famously in 2016 after he had a lot of success here um, disparaged Mark Whipple after he led him to an ACC title and then kind of hung Frank Signetti out to dry for the whole Phil Dracovic situation this season basically saying that the, the decision of who to play a quarterback was Frank Signetti's and and not um, you know not Pat Narduzzi's how do you look at this at this hire for, for Pat Narduzzi and, and um, how difficult he may have made it for himself Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. 
That's BlueNile.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Adam, I hate to say it this way, okay? But the next one has to be Narduzzi. In other words, you've changed coordinators how many times? You've gone through different coaching staffs. You know what I mean? You've even changed your, your defensive coordinator a few times. The next time things are going really poorly, it has to be Narduzzi that pays with his job and not somebody else. By firing Frank Signetti now, who, what is this? Their, what, what, I forget what the number was. What, how many coordinators has this been? I forget, I, Ron. He's going to be on his sixth, I think. Yeah, sixth coordinator in 10 years. Guess what? No more excuses. No more excuses. Either bring a guy in that can do a job, let him do his job, and you know what? Uh, let your offense get better, right? Or, you know what? You're going to pay with your job. At least if I was Heather like, that would be my message. Get it right. Because at the end of the day, I like Pat Narduzzi for Pitt. I think he's, you know, good for the program. He's a great face of the program. You know, I think in some ways he's built a pretty good program. But by the same token, that Kenny Pickett uh, championship year is, is, is fading away a little bit. And it's fading fast when you go three and nine, right? When you then look at the entire resume, you say, He's been the coach nine years. Seven of them has ended with five win five losses or more, which by every definition is what? Mediocre. So I think he's done a pretty good job in some areas. But one of the things that I would say if I was Heather Like is, you know what, Pat? You got to start winning more games. You got to start winning more games. Period. This can't be we're going to accept nine and or eight and five every year, and you go to you know, the, the Beefo Brady's Bowl or whatever the hell it is that you go to, you know, it can't be that every year. You've got to get to a point now where we start winning games we're supposed to win with some degree of regularity. And, and I don't care who you hire. I'll even give you as much money as you need to go hire an offensive coordinator. But you better get it right. Because if this one doesn't work, you're gone too. That's what it has to be at right this point, Adam. And I hate to be, you know... Uh, uh, you know, that guy, but am I wrong here? At some point, the buck has to stop here, is what I'm saying. The buck has to stop with the guy that's in charge, the guy that's at the top. The buck has to stop there. And if and 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 and, and we're at that point now. Regardless of what pit, pit fans want to think or whatever, we're at that point. Because really, if I'm the AD, I look at it and say, well, you had one miracle year, one miracle year and one other year that was reasonably good. But other than that, it's been a whole lot of just, eh, you know, celebrating uh, a, a victory over Clemson in the midst of a five-loss season. You know what I'm saying? Like, what are we talking about here? So that's all I'm saying, Adam. It, 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 at some point, Ron is right. I don't, I don't agree that, Ron, that they're not going to be able to hire somebody because money talks and it's still a Power 5 job. And I'm sure, you know, there are good guys out there that are just chomping at the bit to go, you know, try and get – but. It has to work because if it doesn't, then 
it's probably time for uh, a change at the top. Well, Paul, the one the one thing I think that gets in the way of that a little bit is the contract extension that he signed through 2030, which means he's got seven more seasons on this deal. <laughs> I mean, when you say this, what is what is the limit? If they're if they're this bad next year, do you say, all right, we're biting the bullet and, and we're getting rid of him? Do you give him two more years? What's your what's your outlook here on on when he has to do this by given that he already has the extension in hand? If he goes three nine three and nine next year, he has to be fired. You can't go three and nine back to back years. You just can't. Okay. He's and if you're pit and you really want to convince people you care about football, you're not gonna. You know what I'm saying? You're just not. It's one thing if you know you had the Jeff Capel situation where you hire a guy who comes in and takes over a disaster and he has a couple of down years. First couple of years are down. It's much different when it's years nine and ten. You know what I'm saying? That's a completely different situation. Now, I don't think they'll go three and nine, but I see a number of guys already hitting the transfer portal, including some guys like Bangali Kamara, who is one of their better players, right? So they're going to have to fight through it and figure it out. You know, if they go six and five now, or I guess what, six and six, and, you know, slop their way to the, you know, the Fenway Bowl or whatever it's called, and they win that and they go seven and six. You know what? I, I obviously you're going to bring them back, but if it's three and nine or four and eight, some disaster like that, and it's another year where people are miserable and you you know you you completely uh, botched the quarterback situation. If you're serious about being a good football program, okay, you've got to fire him, and and that is not the same as some of these things where you know a, a guy goes eight or nine wins and, the, and they and gets fired at some of these schools around the country because they have real unrealistic expectations right i'm not saying pitch should win 10 11 games every year but you can't win three you know what i'm saying you just can't. yeah but where, where what's that number for you paulo what's the what's the minimum number you'd say i mean if he has a losing record next season let's say it's let's say it's five and seven you don't get into a bowl game i mean do you view it a similar way or, or six and six even because I I, you know, what's that go ahead I, I was just gonna say i think six and six even is is you know a big disappointment compared to where you were the last couple of years it is it is six and six but the thing about it is you know they'll go to a bowl game and with six years left on his contract They'll say, well, he, you know, improved from last year just enough, blah, blah, blah. Let's see if we can take the next step next year. You know, all the while they're basically trying to run out the clock on his contract. I would say four and eight is definitely you got to go. Five and seven, I'd have to see what it looks like. But if you go five and seven, I, I, I would think it'd have to be, you know, Heather Light comes in and says, we're making some sweeping changes in your program, whether you like it or not. Right. You know what I'm saying? I'm not saying five and seven, he should survive, but I'm saying that's when you, I could see them start to have a conversation at five and seven. Well, if we do a couple things differently, blah, blah, blah. We got some players coming back and all the other stuff. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Um, and I think if with the playoff expanding pit or Paul, it's, it's reasonable to expect pit to at least be in the mix uh, based on what you did a couple of years ago. To set that on, you know, to be playing meaningful games into November. I don't know if you're probably not going to make the playoff most years still, even at 12. But uh, in this ACC where you you don't really have like a, a Clemson in there, even though Florida State's been really good this year, I'm not sure I believe in them on a program level that they're going to be the next Clemson, right? 
Um, I, I think that puts pressure on Pitt to, to say, hey, we got to do our best with what we got in the ACC to at least be playing meaningful games to get people invested and, and get people back into Acrisure Stadium. Um, and, and you can't do that if you have losing records. You're just going to continue on the same trajectory of interest that you've been on for, for most of a decade now. Um, Paul, real quick on Penn State uh, before we get into a little bit of Pirates here. Um, a lot of people talking about Joe Moorhead coming back. Christian <laughs> Hackenberg gave that endorsement. Um, rather famously on a podcast, does he fit with what Penn State's trying to do with Drew Aller? I mean, I, I, I talked a little bit about this with Seth Engel on our Penn State podcast. I just feel like uh, he's very RPO-based. He, he needs some athleticism. And in the absence of, of that, you know, I, I just wonder whether that's the right fit for right now. Did Joe Moorhead get fired or something? No, he still has the job with Akron. Okay. Because I've heard his name involved in more offensive coordinator jobs than I care to remember. And I'm like, correct me if I'm wrong, but the guy hasn't been fired. First of all, Adam, I think it's uh, very well um, documented my feelings about these back to the future hires, right? Not saying they can never go home, but I feel like, you know, a lot of times it becomes a safe hire. But I would rather see them with Drew Alar. Bring in a guy who is a really kind of a, a really a dynamic quarterback whisperer who wants to really be uh, put a lot of pressure on the defenses with passing. You know, um, I'm not saying you got to go 100 full air raid, but I think one of the things about uh, Drew Lars, I think he's actually pretty good if you let him play. Um, you know, and I know that James Franklin is similar to Mike Tomlin in that. He doesn't want turnovers and this and that. And the other thing. I really think they could go get somebody who could really use Drew Allure's strengths. Uh, I think if you brought somebody in that really worked on some of his decision making and just opened it up and let him let it let it fly like a college av- offense, I think that's where you want to go. I, I mean, I don't. I mean, nothing against Joe Moorhead. I think he's a good coach and he obviously does some really good things. I just don't think it's the right fit for Penn State, especially not with Drew Allure as the quarterback. Apologies, the UPS man disrupted the dogs in the house here. Uh, so we got a little barking there. Apologies for that. Paul, um, wanted to ask about the Pirates as well before we sign off here. There are some pitchers going off the board. Uh, <laughs> Johan Oviedo is officially done for next season. The, the Pirates have like Mitch Keller and, and a bunch of guys that are kind of sort of maybes on, I think, the, the you know, in the best of circumstances. Um, how soon do they need to make a signing? Any later than the winter meetings, are you starting to get worried? about where 2024 is going to go for this team. I have said this, Adam, from the start, and I'll continue to say it. I want to see what the roster is when they go to spring training. When they leave for Florida, that's when I will give you my definitive thoughts about what they've done this offseason. And the reason I say that is because I have a really sneaking suspicion that you and I both know and we're going to be sitting here in February and we're going to be talking about how they really didn't do a whole lot to improve in the areas they needed to improve. That being said, winter meetings are coming up, right? I know the Cardinals have been very aggressive. There have been some other teams that have been very aggressive that have gone out and gotten some pitchers and tried to, you know, help. They, the Pirates can't be the team that gets left with the rich hills of the world. Because I got to be honest, if they if, if if we're sitting here in February and we're talking about how they signed two Rich Hill types, 
Two guys you know that they're basically just going to try and run out the clock on and see if they can trade them at the trade deadline. Then they're not serious about building on what they did this year. That's the biggest thing. I don't want to hear. I Listen, I was probably at my uh, the end of my rope with all of the, well, the prospects are coming and this and that and everything and young team and, and exciting and this and that and everything. That's all well and good. But now you've had, what, four full seasons to build all that up. And we've said from the start, once they get to a point where they're close to maybe having a breakthrough, is Bob Nutting going to spend the money to get from here to where he needs to get to? Not $200 million, not $150 million. Nobody is saying that. So all of the people say, oh, well, the virus can't do that. But don't tell me you can't open up your checkbook, $40 million, $45 million, something like that, to add it to your payroll that you have, right? And go out and get a couple of – you need at least two pitchers. I don't care what anybody says. Maybe Paul Skeens is who he is, and he's but, – but if you're counting on him in your rotation to start the season, you're just not being realistic. You've got Mitch Keller and who else? Contreras? who you had to send to the minors how many times and who may or may not be good. Oviedo is now hurt. Oh, well, you're getting JT Brubaker back. Good. Oh, wonderful. Uh, who else do you have here? Oh, and, and Skeens, who is a rookie, who you don't even know if they're going to let him play until, like, July. So at the end of the day, they better go out and get two pitchers. Whether it's this week, next week, or the week before spring training, if they don't, then they're not serious about winning. Would you like to see an A.J. Burnett-style trick? Because that's where we are in the life cycle, Paul, right? This, we're going yes. into 2012 here. And and are you willing to part with some some capital, whether it's you know major league players that you'd like to give up or willing to part with some prospects to bring in an A.J. Burnett? Or I guess a more recent example might be kind of like a Chris Archer trade. Obviously, that didn't work out. <laughs> Chris Archer was not the guy. But in theory, you were giving up assets to go get a controllable, proven pitcher um, just as a template, do you, do you like that idea if if you don't like what you see in free agency? Absolutely. And they better do that if they don't like what they see in free agency. Right? They've got enough middle infield prospects. They've got enough prospects down there. They can part with a couple of those guys, right, and bring somebody in that you've got maybe three years of control of that is actually a, a legitimately good pitcher, right? Somebody like that. They've got the assets to go out and get one of those guys without harming their five-year, 10-year plan or whatever it is. So I'll say it again, via trade, via free agency, whatever. They need at least two new pitchers, two guys that can come in and help them win games. And if they don't get those two guys, then they're just not serious. Yeah, I agree, Paul. And I, I, I would add to that, it can't just be like these one-year flips, just like you right. said at the beginning. Even if even if there are guys that you could get in that range, I'm not going to believe it until I see it with those guys. And if, if they were that good, you probably will be willing to invest two to three years in them. I think that's where we are with this team is you got to have some consistency. You've got to have some some proven guys. You can't just be, you know, taking dart throws um, and, and hoping that that they turn out, you know, with, with, and with upside, because I think that's kind of what they did this offseason. And that didn't work. Um, so I think you need to invest a little bit more. But, Paul. Um, thanks for stopping by this week. Got a lot of topics covered. Uh, and I'll talk to you again on Sunday after Steelers Cardinals. Um, Paul and I will be here live on the Post Gazette Sports Now YouTube cha channel, Post Gazette Podcast Networks. Uh, make sure you stay tuned later in the week as well. Christopher Carter will have Friday and Saturday episodes of the North Shore Drive getting you ready for that Steelers Cardinals game. 
Um, if you enjoyed this video, please like it. Help us out in the YouTube, YouTube algorithm, and we'll talk to you again soon. All right. We'll see you. Thank you for checking out this content from Post-Gazette Sports. If you watch this video on YouTube, please like the video and subscribe to our channel. For all of the sports coverage the Post-Gazette has to offer, visit post-gazette.com.